0: From
1: Los Angeles, this is the Echelon Radio Network. So this is Jerry Hemsworth, and this is the Echelon Radio Podcast, and I'm sitting here with Randy Miller. Randy, RMM Accounting. Yes. And Outsource CFO Services.
0: Correct, I was an internal CFO for 25 years and uh, went out in 2009 on my own as a consultant.
1: Why did you do that?
0: Um, It was uh, half forced and half something I'd always wanted to do. The forced half was uh, the financial meltdown.
1: Yeah, that was a bad Uh, one.
0: Yep. I was in mortgage banking, and my company, we were doing fine, but our warehouse bank uh, was not. Mm. So they took away our line of credit, and we stopped business. So That'll do it. That'll do it. And I just said, you know, time to go out on my own. Yeah. So I did.
1: And how have you felt being on your own since then?
0: Uh, it's fun, yeah. but it's also uh, challenging at times. Yeah. Having to um, find new business and yeah. be a marketing person yeah. uh, is new for me. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. Never thought of actually being in sales.
1: I don't think any, any entrepreneur who starts their own business does think of that. I mean, unless right. they come out of marketing. Right. And that's just a, it's a new... I, I, I didn't think about it when I started Newman Gray's. Correct. And and you're just, all of a sudden, you're like,
0: ah. You find yourself wearing a lot of new hats. Yeah. And um, you have to reset your mind, really, yeah. to start saying, okay, oh, I really did this before. I just didn't think of myself as marketing. Right. I would have to be the face of the company. I would have to talk to banks. I would have to talk to investors. Mm-hmm. But I never thought of it as marketing. Now I just had to reset to say, yes, that is something I do. And did
1: you reach back to those relationships you'd had in the past when you were in-house with clients and let them know what you were doing? A few of them. Yeah.
0: Um, some of them had actually gone out of business as a part of the Meltdown. Uh, so some of them weren't there. And uh, we had moved to Florida to start our new company okay. two years before the Meltdown. So uh there was some coming back to LA and setting up again. There were some connections that were lost, mm-hmm. but uh, I was able to reach out to some of the attorneys I knew mm-hmm. from before and uh, some of the bankers and that's kind of started it.
1: And that's had to be when you started networking pretty heavily.
0: Uh, a couple of years after that, yeah. I got very lucky when I first started, I got a client right away uh-huh. that um, ended up being very full time. So it was about Three or four years into that, and it was a bankruptcy case. Um, as that started to wind down, I realized that oh, I need to find more clients. Mm-hmm. So that's when as I we all do. <laughs> yes. like, wait, where am I going to get those? <laughs> and I, I realized magically that, appear. I know I, I'm going to have to go out and do this strange thing called network. <laughs> oh, how do I do that? Right. So.
1: And if you're and if you're not an extrovert, which most people aren't, yeah, it, it can be a little painful getting started until you know the people in the room.
0: It, it was, and uh, I was very fortunate. Um, uh, another echelon member, Jim Cagle, mm-hmm. who I actually was working with as part of my client, he was their CPA for taxes. Uh, he introduced me to a networking group, and that's how I got into doing that.
1: That's. Kind of cool. That's very cool. So, as an outsourced CFO, what what type of what is your uh, purview, if you will? You just said Jim Cagle is doing taxes, but you don't do taxes, do you? I do not. But you're an accountant.
0: Yes, okay. but as a CFO, um, when you're working with businesses, and I work almost exclusively with family-owned businesses. Uh, There's a lot of nuances to not only the business taxes that change on a regular basis, but also many of the business owners have their same CPA doing their personal taxes. Mm -hmm. And how that all fits together, um, there's a lot of stuff in their personal life that I may not know about and usually Mm -hmm. don't know about. Mm -hmm. So it just became easier to say, hey, I'm not doing this part of it. 'll Work with your tax CPA or your wealth manager or whoever you have mm-hmm. um, that had two nice little side effects to it mm-hmm. um, one i didn 't have to learn to do taxes and keep up with them twenty four hours, seven days a week, <laughs> um, and two, I was no longer competition for the cPAs gotcha. so they felt a lot better about working with me because i'm no i 'm just going to make your life easier by referring to you and by setting things up for you and by coordinating with you um so that you can you know you'll get the right information at the time you need it um and uh I don't have to worry about doing taxes.
1: That's fantastic because I taxes is a whole different ball of wax like you said. So when you go into a company you're really taking over their financial side and in many times aren't you helping them either grow or to build and to sell, get ready to sell?
0: Yes. Okay. So, and, and, and a lot of that is, in addition to many cases where I'm cleaning up the financial statements and sometimes even creating the monthly financial statements and the, the reporting and everything, I also sometimes get involved in organizational management oh, okay. and helping them set up. And then uh, especially in a growth situation where... They've gone to the point where they've outgrown the systems they have, or they need more talent than they have, or their talent that they have needs more support. Mm. And that happens a lot, especially in accounting, because accounting is a cost Mm -hmm. center Mm -hmm. and doesn't bring in revenue, so it gets ignored. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It just does.
1: It's just the way it works. And and a
0: lot of times the people there are overwhelmed and they know it, but they just don't know how to ask for help. So. Um, Well, it's
1: painful, I think.
0: It is. Um, And then there's a lot of communication that doesn't go on where I can help sales and marketing and production by saying, okay, what can we in accounting do that will make your lives easier? And if you want that, here's what you're going to need to do for us. So uh, you get a lot of, you remove a lot of roadblocks in a lot of cases and people finger pointing because you're able to say, okay, we're here to help you. But you need to tell us what you want, and you're probably going to need to give us information, too, about how you're doing things so we can figure out how to make it work.
1: It sounds like you're a breath of fresh air that comes in, actually. Instead of being feared, fearful, people, when you go into a company, they shouldn't feel fearful because you're going to help them and increase productivity, and it's, it's a two-way street when you right. get in there. Right, right. That's is, there, you
0: have to overcome that at first sure. because they are thinking, "Oh, you're here." Well, to... they don't trust you. What right. are
1: you, you're gonna you're gonna hack my job or you're gonna right. cut me or something?
0: Right. You're the hatchet man. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never gone into even when I was doing bankruptcy work, uh, mm-hmm. I've never gone into a situation thinking that it was a hatchet person. Nice. Um, and I've only had to do that on one occasion. And that was when it turned out that many of the employees were involved in a fraud scheme.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: No. Shoot. But usually I'm there to just build staff, create procedures, eliminate roadblocks, and get everybody so they have a clearer picture of where the company is, have the owners understand what's really working, Mm -hmm. and uh, help them get to the next level. That's fantastic. I
1: love that idea. I love that. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Where were you born?
0: Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: How long were you in Ann Arbor, Michigan?
0: Um, We moved, my family moved out here in 1970. So I was there for 11 years. Um, Why Uh, did
1: your family move out here?
0: My dad was working for the University of Michigan. Okay. Um, He was in charge of all their risk management. And after 15 years, just said, I'm tired, want to do something else. So we moved um, to Modesto. He worked for the Gallo brothers.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: for a year. (laughs) And that was, I think. Too much wine? (laughs) It was his uh, first uh, foray into family owned operations. Ah, big shift. Yes, and said, okay, done with that. (laughs) (laughs) So we came down here and he got it, and uh, pretty much been here ever since.
1: So he was a military man, wasn't he?
0: My, my dad and my grandfather were both career military.
1: You are, and and a lot of people don't know this about you, but you are one of the greatest military historians I've ever heard. I I, I, Thank you. There's a lot a, I don't know. But <laughs> but you, you know so much. And is there something about military history that bit you early or that you just absorb?
0: Um, coming from a military family, and yeah. it wasn't just my dad, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, I have cousins. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking at going to West Point before mm-hmm. I blew out my knees in high school, but it was always steeped in. Mm-hmm. It was one of the things my dad and I would spend a lot of time talking and reading books together about, even from when I was maybe 8, 9 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and part of it, too, uh, my grandfather was the uh, commanding officer for the 442nd Regimental Combat Team, which was, in World War II, the Japanese-American NISI mm-hmm. uh, unit that was the most decorated Army unit in the history of the Army. Wow. So getting involved with all that and, uh, and having that background made history just something that we really kind of delved into. And um, we would also do... Trip. So it wasn't just World War II. Um, sometimes in the summer when my dad was uh, off from the university, we would mm-hmm. travel to battlefields, really? uh, Civil War battlefields and things like that. Would so. you drive
1: for the most part? Yes. Like cross-country?
0: Cross-country. We did road trips back then. Wow. So,
1: And did you enjoy that? Was there just like the coolest thing once you got to that battlefield?
0: It was pretty neat. Yeah. It was pretty neat. You could... Um, you know with the reading and everything you could see how the battles laid out and progressed and um, and how terrain worked and how uh, also too which you don't get from a lot of the books and everything and even the movies, how close, mm. especially in the Civil War, you know you had battle lines that were 30 yards 20 yards apart wow. and uh, so. It, it wow. could also be a little, you know, it's eye-opening, too, for the amount of uh, carnage mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. could be um, wreaked on it. A, a lot of damage. A, a lot of damage and a lot of casualties and everything uh, with, because at that close quarters, it's, in many cases, hard to miss.
1: Did you, did you uh, enjoy the strategies that were going on there on the battlefield? Did you get into that
0: part? Did a little bit. Yeah. Uh, more now. I'm starting to do, you know, in the last five or ten years, more reading on some of the strategies, Uh especially. I had had a fair amount in World War II, but I've been working into civil war and things Uh like that. Um, Not just uh, the, uh, you know, the strategies of a single battle, but the whole war um, and how, you know, you have Lincoln and the generals and how they work together. yes going back to the Revolutionary Grant War, and Lee. Grant and Lee, and then Washington and those mm-hmm. guys in the Revolutionary War, and um, you know how with Washington, he knew he couldn't really win, but if he could not lose for a long enough time, the British would eventually make a mistake, and then they could have the one battle they had with at Yorktown with Cornwallis and, uh-huh. and all that, uh-huh. and... Uh, so his ability to figure out the strategic retreat to save his troops and, and save his resources so that eventually the British would get tired.
1: I have to say, Randy, from the outside listening and what you do for a living, I see amazing parallels with strategy, um, You know, making sure things move the right way in order to win. And if you need to retreat, you have a plan. Um, have you ever put that together?
0: The... Um, you know, I hadn't really thought of it exactly that way. But you're right because um, sometimes in working with the business, it's like, okay, we need to slow down. We need to rethink. You've overreached. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and there's a lot of tweaking that goes on in what I do. To many entrepreneurs have great ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but many of them need to be tweaked just a little bit to make them practically work,
1: and so they don't fail or lose. Right. And it's a long, right. It's a long war. You right, wanna...
0: and you can't go in too many directions at once. Oh God! So,
1: and I have one more question for you. You mentioned somewhere in your life being aroused about what is that story <laughs> aroused about? <laughs>
0: when i I went to University of Southern California uh-huh. and I started in petroleum engineering really? yes <laughs> um, I wanted to do that because i my my goal when I came out of high school was to get into the oil industry well to actually go to school, get a degree in petroleum engineering, then go to law school, then become a lawyer oh for my. the oil companies-huh. Um, I don't know why I picked the oil companies, but I just did. It, it sounded really interesting. So anyway, summer after my freshman year, um, I worked outside of Bakersfield in a town called Taft as yeah. a rest about. And the, the bottom level as the sum, summer higher um, college kid, <laughs> you know, I they started it at seven and ended at 330 because of the heat. Um, but mm-hmm. I pulled pipe, wow. measured wells, um, became a welder's assistant. Oh,
1: wow. Um, it's just all A kind of, USC boy out yeah. and tap doing that.
0: Dug ditches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I,
1: how fast did you realize, yeah, not for me?
0: <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was still okay. Yeah. But then I, you know, um, and I will say though, that the other thing I learned real quickly was like, a, the other guys on the crew said, you know, you're a college kid, so go home on the weekends because if you stay in town, it, it won't be good. Oh. And uh, and a couple times, you know, if I if I said something, they said, you know, let the big boys figure out how this really works. Oh. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, no, what uh, made me change my mind were uh, – one, when I graduated, it, it was going to be, a hey, uh, we're going to send you to the swamps in Louisiana, more than likely, for a couple of years. Excellent. Um, that wasn't a thrill. <laughs> um, and uh, it, Not it,
1: something it, they told you at the beginning, no, I'm sure.
0: I was kind of thinking offshore. Yeah, I wanted to go one on. of the offshore rigs. Yeah. But uh, no, that was going to be it. The other one was they had a certain uh, class that everybody had to take in petroleum engineering and um, physical chemistry. Uh, and I was sitting down with the, the dean of I the just school. chill. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dean of the school you know, is, is my guidance counselor, and he said, well, okay, so you'll take this here in your junior year, and then you'll take it again in your senior year because nobody passes the first time. Everybody oh, flunks. How,
1: how wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> it
0: just that's how hard the course is. And wow, by the way, geez. this is a five-year program. Oops. So, <laughs> so I decided bad. that business was a nice. Actually, English was my second one, and then okay. business was the way I ended up. <laughs>
1: Thank God. <laughs> it's but, a little different. Great story. Yeah, let's, let's go from petroleum engineering to English. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's so good.
0: It's so I good. actually really like. I I liked English lit a lot. Did you? Yeah, I spent a lot of time. I did. Um, Both in high school and in college, I took probably um, five semesters of English Lit, just because I really liked it.
1: Wow, Randy.
0: I have no poetic skills at all. You don't have to, but you can appreciate it. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're not going to write it.
0: No. (laughs) That was definitely not there.
1: Okay. I get it. Gosh. See, I had no idea. There's so many sides to you. I love it. You're so (laughs) (laughs) well-rounded. Thank you. Randy Miller, thanks for sitting with me today.
0: It's been very enjoyable. Thank you very much. Take care. Presented by Echelon Business Development. More than just networking, way more.